Hello and welcome to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast to inspire, empower and support free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. I'm Anke Herman and I'm here to crush the make six figures in six weeks myth one fascinating entrepreneurial story at a time. And today my guest is Heather Glidden. She's the Chief Sanity Whisperer at the Aligned Healer, where she helps healers in business find their voice and step into their power so they can make a living doing the work they love without sacrificing themselves. And she's also an international best-selling author of a book called Thrive in Your Healing Business. Enjoy. Welcome, Heather. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. I'm I'm lovely to be here. Well, why don't we just dive straight in and you go ahead and tell people where you live and who you are and what's your business? Excellent. So I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan in the U.S. And um, I actually have two businesses right now. One of my businesses is a mind-body movement studio called Joy, and I co-own that business with another woman in downtown Ann Arbor. We offer instruction in Pilates, the gyrotonic method. We offer massage, vibrational sound therapy, uh, a whole array of services to help people feel good in their bodies and create more joy in their lives. And my newer business is a coaching business where I actually help other entrepreneurs and healers, um, other movement teachers, body workers to do their work in a way that's sustainable for them. So meaning giving them uh, my, my current focus, my, my, what's, what's been intriguing to me lately is um, that a lot of people who identify as empaths or uh, have high levels of sensitivity tend to be drawn to this sort of work, healing work, movement teaching, body work, um, coaching too. And uh, what I've been hearing from them is that it's difficult for them to kind of, they can get really depleted when they're working with people a lot. They end up uh, losing a lot of energy in that situation and getting depleted. And so then they can end up burning out or uh, getting sick. And so giving them the tools that they need to replenish and protect their energy so they can keep doing the work that they love. That's really what I've been focusing on in my coaching business. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, the whole topic of looking after yourself while you're looking after other people, I think it's a really important topic that isn't talked about an awful lot. Uh Now, I get the sense that there's a lot of your own story in there. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think you actually saw yesterday, I I recently published a book about it. It's called Thrive in Your Healing Business. And I got the message about a year ago that it was time to write a book about my experiences. So the book sort of chronicles my own journeys through different aspects of burnout. 
And when I talk about burnout, I mean, there's sort of two aspects to it. There's the aspect of um, sometimes we can burn out just because we're actually bored of the work that we're doing. Like we've been doing the same thing for a long time and we just don't feel totally connected or engaged with it anymore. Um, And then there's the aspect of burnout that's more about just like that depletion I was talking about where you just have been overextended or pushing yourself past your own limits for so long that uh, things start to give out (laughs) (laughs) and you start to kind of break down a little bit. And so I have had aspects of both. And the book was really just talking about how I had learned through my own journey uh, what was needed both to keep myself inspired and engaged in my work and also to keep myself energized so that I wasn't getting depleted. Yeah, I could could totally relate to that because looking at my own sewing business when I just went out and, you know, let's just do this sewing business thing, the challenge was exactly that, you know, that overextending in a way that for me it showed up as as not knowing how to set boundaries and then there was the sense that you know like no matter what i did it was there was always a client who wanted more and you know and kept pushing and i didn't know you know it took me the whole falling flat on my face that this this is as far as i can bend to actually take a step back so i can totally relate yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that boundaries piece is such a big part of it. Um, and I, I have this sense that when people think about boundaries, there's this very like sort of almost self-judging energy that creeps in. Like, well, I should just be able to do this. What's wrong with me? Why am I not? Why am I always saying yes when I should say no? Or I should just be able to to handle it. Like for me, I know one of the things that happened was I was working with clients as a movement teacher and I, I would see other, cl- other colleagues who could see eight, nine, 10, even 12 hours a day of clients. Mm. And, you know, about eight hours, I was feeling pretty much like tapped out. Like That's, yeah. that's it, guys. <laughs> I'm kind of going to go pass out after this. Um, and so it, the, I needed a different boundary. Like I needed a boundary where I wasn't seeing so many hours of clients. But I kept seeing other colleagues who could do it and sort of thinking, well, what's wrong with me? Like, clearly, I should just be able to buck up and do this because other people can do this and they're fine. So a big piece of this whole puzzle um, for me was really getting clear on my own energy and what really works well for me and where my own strength comes through and then honoring that. Yeah, that's such a powerful point you're making there because I think a lot of, especially when you're in that, in, in, in a, a line of work that's very much about very much about giving about supporting others that no it's not just okay to watch your own energy it's actually it's that old oxygen mask thing 
you know, but still to give ourselves permission to actually stop and say, okay, what is it that I actually need and what works best for me? I think it's not something that comes natural to a lot of us. Yeah. And, um, and there's sort of a funny thing in how my own business has been evolving with this, where um, sort of honoring your own gifts, in the spirit of honoring your own gifts. When I first started this coaching business and when I published my book, this is really the stuff that I wanted to talk about and to take a stand for was this sort of honoring of our own gifts and our own energy and, and how we sort of nurture that. Um, but I actually kind of got caught for a while in this feeling that I had to somehow uh, like package it differently. Like people wouldn't actually be willing to invest in themselves, really, what that is what it comes down to, to invest in uh, caring for their own energy, to invest in um, learning how to make their work sustainable, unless there was something else to it. And so for a while there, I was really talking more about the business side of it, all the while knowing that what I really wanted to talk to people about was uh, how they are managing their own energy and that there are actually tools for how to uh, manage energy and how to um, cultivate it and how to actually increase your energy and have more resilience while you're working with clients so that you don't get drained. Um, that's what I really wanted to be talking about, but I, I kept finding myself just ending up talking about business because I know that business is something that people will invest in for coaching, right? So um, I... And it actually was just recently that I kind of circled back around to really feeling comfortable talking about energy and talking more about um, this sort of how are you caring for yourself side of things. I, I actually had to kind of wait until people started saying to me, well, yeah, okay, so my marketing, but my real problem is I don't know how I'm going to keep going in this job. You know, I was talking to somebody last week who said, I have this Pilates studio. I love teaching Pilates. I want to be able to do this for the rest of my life, but I had to cut my hours in half this year and I'm taking a loss on my business right now because I got so overextended and burned out that I couldn't do it. And now she's in a position where her husband is supportive and she can afford to take a year you know, of lower hours, but then she's wondering what's going to happen when I go back to my full client load. I don't want to end up back in the same situation. So it took actually hearing from people about that kind of impact that it's having in their lives um, to kind of bring me back around to remembering, all right, this is my truth and this is why I got into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that that's kind of a lesson for uh or for business too, um, since I know that your listeners will be uh, thinking about their own businesses. It's also about how do we honor our own energy and our own, really our own calling or our own message within our businesses. Yeah, that is so true. I think a lot of, especially coaches, can relate to what you were just talking about, that when you sell something, as invisible as coaching, 
I think, especially in, in the beginning, when you're not quite sure of what on earth you're doing and what on earth you, that is you're actually offering, it's really difficult to make that tangible for people. And there is that. I mean, I, I, I had just, I just giggled. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I can relate to that because I always compared it to, okay, I started working for my own as a dressmaker. So there were the dresses and it's really easy. Do you want a dress or you don't want a dress? You know, do, do you like the dresses I make or you don't like them? But it's like, you know, really simple. It's tangible. Whereas this coaching thing is like, what is it? And there is that urge to make it visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, so I went through the whole process with this where, um, you know, I had a sense of the people I wanted to work with because they were sort of people who were in the place where, where I'd been. So other studio owners, other movement teachers, body workers. So I spent about three months where I would just Google and find the names of people who had studios or who were doing that work. And I would, I created a survey and I would just email them about a hundred people a week, email them the survey and ask them about what challenges they were facing in their business and their work. And of course, not everybody responds, but you know, I, I got a, a number of responses. And so then based on that, I sort of compiled uh, the top responses what people were struggling with. And I looked at those responses and I looked at my own skill set, what I knew about. And so I created some webinars on uh, topics of what I knew about that could address those challenges. And then I put those webinars out there into the world and there were a couple different topics. Um, there was like a, a marketing for healers topic and there was a burnout and boundaries topic. And and then every single person who registered for the webinar, I contacted them one at a time. And I said, hey, you know, I see you registered for the webinar. Are there questions you want to get answered? And I just was like, it was like intense human research yeah. for months, just trying to figure out, okay, what is really the need here? That's like, and where, where is there a need that matches up really well with my knowledge and gifts and services? And that then we can bring those together. And so that was how I started actually getting this information about, oh, so Pilates teachers, body workers, movement teachers who identify as empaths and want tools to know how to replenish and protect their energy. Perfect. Yeah. That's a need that other people have told me that exists, that they have. And it's something that I know know the solution to i know how to do that and i love teaching it so it's a perfect sort of bridge but literally i only got there by sending like over a thousand emails <laughs> but isn't it wonderful so. when you hit that sweet spot oh yeah it's the best but i think so good really why well, i really want to sort of wind back a second mm-hmm. If you enjoy the episode, please don't forget to subscribe and head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you're wondering whether a podcast could help you grow your business, go to passionbusinesspodcast.com to get some free resources that will help you get started. Back to the episode. You sent out emails and researched for months 
you know and that's really something that that comes out in every single conversation that i have and it, when i look back at my own businesses the ones that i've done and you know watching other people and help other people with it's always that process and there's nothing wrong with that it's just because people can sort of get frustrated as oh you know like i've been doing this for two months and i still haven't got my niche nailed you know like no you know there's a good chance it'll take you know how you know sometimes it can take a year or years and sometimes you hit on it sooner you know it's yeah it is that process where i don't think the objective should even be to skip to skip over it no i i i don't believe it's possible to to like to do it any other way i mean it might look different than how i did it of course but i there's um so there are different steps in building a business and building awareness is one of the steps in building a successful business people have to know what you're doing right you have to get out in the world and people have to find out about you um but i actually i really love seeing the outer and the inner aspects of what's happening mm -hmm. so building awareness where other people know what you're doing is half of the awareness but building the awareness within you of what you're doing is the other half of that. I think and that's I actually, 80%. Yeah, and I actually think those two processes work in parallel. Yes. And I think so often when I talk to new entrepreneurs, they tend to think that they're going to be able to really get clear on what it is that they're doing sort of within themselves first before they put something out into the world. And I, I, just, I just don't see that it works that way or I haven't um, for myself or for others it's like you have to keep throwing the spaghetti at the wall till you see what sticks um, and it, it's sort of by talking to other people that you start to gain more awareness within yourself of where there is a need that you feel that's really all it is so <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with you and it's really at the heart of what I teach as well. It's that creative process and you can't move forward with that sitting at your desk. Yeah. But even exactly. as, as you said, it's, it's, it comes down to matching what you have to offer with what somebody else needs. So it isn't just about you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just as much as, as if, if not, well, yeah, I don't know. You know, if we have to put the percentage on, let's keep it 50-50. But it is just as much about what other people actually need. And, and you can only mm -hmm. find that out if you make a move. Yeah. Yeah, I actually see it as really like stepping into this place of like service or devotion with your business. Um, when... I know for myself too, I, I, this happens when I start to feel like, well, why isn't this happening for me yet? Then I realize, okay, I'm kind of making this all about me. This really isn't all about me. Like, this is more about what am I here for? What, 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 what can I offer for other people? Um, how am I not showing up for other people? Like, maybe there's somebody out there who needs what I have and, and, I'm not, if they haven't found me, because I don't know who they, <laughs> we're not working together yet, I have not shown up in some way for them. So like, what sort of leadership position do I need to take so that can happen? 
it's just sort of a different way of framing it. And it kind of gets you out of your own way sometimes, or at least it does for me, where I'm like, okay, I'll go back out there. I'll try something different. It's fine. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Many people have done this. It has taken most of them months or years. It took me. I mean, the first time I built my movement clientele, I think it took took about four years before it was really consistently paying my bills. Yeah. It was I have the same thing. Experience. I just kept, kept trying things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've got exactly the same experience with the sewing business. That didn't, it's sort of looking back like 15 years later, it feels like, yeah, it kind of was easy. But when you really look back, no, it wasn't. You know, it's easy to forget those yeah. first few months when I run around and put little flyers up everywhere and not a single person would, you know. And from that, from not selling anything to having like a month long wait list, that didn't happen overnight. It's just easy to forget somehow. And yeah, absolutely. That same process every single time. It's just that, you know, trying out things and getting feedback from other people and sort of going around in that spiral and, and adjusting, experimenting until you hit that sweet spot for a while. Uh-huh. You know, because uh-huh. then there's always a, that's the thing for a while. And then some other idea comes up and some other doors open and, you know, and you just keep, keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think just that willingness to keep moving and not feel like embittered or entitled or in, in some way like, oh, why does it have to be time to move again? It's that's just a part of it. I think I think if you don't enjoy that adjusting and moving, then entrepreneur life is probably tough. But um, if you can learn to embrace that as sort of, oh, okay, now it's time for a new adventure, then then it can really be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I often think of like my mom is like the total opposite for me. You know, I can't sit still for too long. If it's something gets into routine, then I'm like, hmm, you know, I get, I get sort of, you know, wiggly. I'm like, okay, what's next, you know? And I don't like the prospect of knowing exactly what's coming up. And yeah, being there, done that. I just, I find, I find that suffocating. And my mom is the total opposite. She loves knowing, you know, she always looks at me, she says, I could never do what you do. It drives me crazy, you know, that constant uncertainty, you know. So then the only thing is, okay, you organize your life around, you know, how you like it, (laughs) you know, and there's no right or wrong there either. But I, I do agree, if you want to have your own business, you must feel okay with uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a thing that you're talking about too that kind of goes back to the whole burnout, which is that if you are, you have to know what works well for your energy. So if your energy is like, I really like things to be settled and stable to stay and stay the same, there, that's, that's one way of, of being. And some people feel much more themselves in that sort of energy. Um, if your energy is more like, well, I, I like there to always be something kind of new happening. And if I have to stay the same, then I get really sort of like itchy feet and it doesn't feel good. Um, so one thing that I've noticed that does lead to burnout a lot is when people are trying to fit themselves into 
an energy that isn't actually their energy. So if you were really trying to make yourself just stay in the same routine and not change, that actually takes a lot of energy to yeah. do if it's not your natural style. So that's a big piece of the whole making our work sustainable is learning, okay, so this is what works well for me. This is the sort of energy that works well for me. And then and then honoring that and building your life in a way where your energy can actually be expressed that way. Yeah. Because otherwise you're using like three times more energy just to try and keep yourself in this other mold. It's like playing a role that's not really you. So true, isn't it? Yeah. It comes back to that whole authenticity that well okay you just give yourself permission to be the heck the way you are yeah instead of trying to yeah. and sometimes it takes some excavation there are a lot of reasons why we try to not be who we are oh, yeah. um, and a lot of times there have been learned patterns so it can take a little while sometimes for me it took a while of working with a coach and working with a dedicated process to really know like oh no this is this is really me and these are sort of the learned ways that I uh, yes. took on to make somebody else feel comfortable or happy or because I thought I should or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. it's true. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm just thinking, well, you know, when you said you like working with, with a coach, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I could have gotten to where I'm now without the input of the coach, somebody who can see in you what you can't see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just somebody to be that mirror and to help show you like, all right, so you're saying this, but then you're also saying this other contradictory thing. And it feels like what you really mean is this. Um, and having somebody who can be really honest with you about that, because the reality is most people in our lives, uh, even though they love us and care about us, in some way it's, they're often a little invested in us staying the way we are because it's comfortable for them. So it's hard for them to really give us that honest feedback. Whereas a coach is like a coach's whole role is just to be, to have that clear space for you to, to really uh, get honest with yourself um, and, and get what you most need um, sort of beyond that space of other people's needs and desires. So. Yeah. yeah. It's just so valuable that it's difficult to even get a handle on it until you've experienced it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what's next to you where you're headed? <laughs> Well, so I have a new beta program starting sort of the empath school for movement teachers and body workers, oh, wow. and that's starting on May 6th. So I will be, I kind of gathered together all of the tools that I have for um, creating or replenishing, protecting energy for people who spend their days working with clients. So that's my new and exciting project that Ooh, I'm that working on right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the big thing that's coming. Wonderful. Where can people go to find out more about it? Um, well, so the best way is actually just to email me. So they can just email me at contact at heatherglidden.com. 
and I can send them information. We can set up a time to chat and whatever works best. And um, yeah, that would be the best way. Oh, wonderful. I'll put the links in the, in the notes so it's going to be easy for people to Perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. That was such an enlightening conversation. Really, really <laughs> thanks so much for coming. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And I'll hope to speak to you again soon. Perfect. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Passion Business Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one.